Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of Women, Faith and Stories. Um, great to have you with us again today. I hope you've enjoyed the first couple of episodes um, and I hope that you're able to maybe share them with some of your friends and just encourage them also. Oh, I've had a long day today. I'm not going to lie. I feel a bit tired. But do you know what excites me? The thought of who I'm about to interview today. And I've just had a little chat with her before this and it has thrilled my heart. Um, and I'm thrilled that she has said that yes to coming on and just having a chat about her story. So I'm interviewing a lovely lady called Sarah Oliver, who is originally from Coventry in the Midlands, which I'll be honest, I've never been there, but I'm sure it's lovely. And she is a nurse working in the Royal and she came to Liverpool the same year as me in 2000. She's got involved in our church and she's never left. Along the way, Sarah has spent eight months working with Mercy Ships in West Africa, which we hope to hear about today. And she's also worked for UCCF for seven years, um, both in Liverpool and Chester. And now she still works as a nurse, but she um, also volunteers at our church two days a week doing a great job with the youth work. Wow, she's a busy lady and I'm thrilled she's off this week. So I've managed to tie her down quite quickly. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Jeanette. <laughs> For the big, the big, um, oh, the big rundown of your life. It's always a bit fun when you're explaining somebody else's life. Does it feel a bit odd? <laughs> I'm still enjoying the novelty of actually not having to look at my face while having this <laughs> interview. I think um, I've never, I've not looked at my face so much ever since doing all this Zoom stuff. Honestly, well, my husband has a saying, and I'm not proud of it. He he says, um, what's the the NHS slogan of staying in? Stay in, uh, keep safe, stay off Zoom. That's his, that's his motto, and he's, oh, he's living by that. He's, he's a bit of a tinker, really, I'll be honest. Okay, Sarah, it's lovely to have you on. My memories, really, of you, Sarah, I have sort of watched you from afar because we actually came to uni in the same year, in 2000. We were at different universities, but we did go to the same church for a while, and I just always remember seeing you at the front doing the signing, seeing you in some of the student groups, always a bit from afar, admiring you from a distance. And then obviously now we're in the same church. And once again, you know, I've everybody that I seem to have got to know, everybody speaks so highly of you. But one of the things I've got to say is baking. A lot of people say that you're a great baker. Not that I really don't, I'm not sure if I've tasted much of your wares, but I, I've been told by good sources that, is this true, Sarah? Well, Jeanette, you have actually experienced well sort of experienced it firsthand but they're technically maybe not baking but yeah we did the truffle evening I know but I made those you didn't make those I made those I I will take full credit for my truffles thank you Sarah you didn't make them how easy and simple they were to make I'm about I'm about convenience so I basically have like four things that I make and I just kind of rotate them and wheel them out at the appropriate moment so there's no kind of skill or finesse about my baking well, I, I find that really hard to believe, if I'm honest, but um, maybe sometime soon you might be nice enough to share some of your recipes. Indeed, yes. yes. I always think that's something that we should do more of is getting some women together and sharing recipes because I love, it's a funny one because I love having a go, but I'm not confident, you know, when people come around. I'm not a confident chef, so I love having people around. I love making desserts. I love having to go at dinner, but I'm not confident with it. So I'm always like, oh, this is probably going to taste horrible. And it's always <laughs> okay, but I, I need to do what you do and have, stick to a few signature dishes, you know, master them and then be more confident. It's the way to a sane life. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, it's all good. Now, Sarah, I know you're off this week, but what has what's been like for you the last few weeks? We're still in lockdown, still. Yeah. As well, in some ways, lockdown hasn't really changed my life very much because I'm still been working in the hospital. Um, although obviously there's been a few changes there, and there was a couple of weeks when it was slightly manic, but then it never quite got as chaotic as we were expecting in the hospital generally I know some areas did feel that um so in lots of ways things have carried on we've still been trying to do some um kind of youth meetups albeit on zoom um and if anything it's kind of been busier because now we're actually making a bit more effort to connect with people so we have a kind of regular weekly one with my whole family and with my uni friends and people that actually well some of those actually would have been a bit more ad hoc or kind of not so kind of routine so um yeah, so it's actually been, it's been, you know, in some ways there's been some elements of it that have been really nice um, and keeping in touch with people a bit better. But it's kind of been a little bit exhausting as well. Yeah, um, and, and I'm impressed that 11 weeks in that you're still doing a weekly Zoom with people. With your, like, did yeah. you mention there you do weekly Zooms with people? Yeah, yeah. So we, I think because we basically realised that we actually enjoyed it, um, particularly with <laughs> uni friends, because we'd obviously make the effort to kind of all meet up, but we're all spread around the country. And so then we realised this is so easy to do, <laughs> to do this. Um, so, yeah, that's been really lovely. Yeah. I must admit, myself and my parents, they're obviously back home in Northern Ireland, and um, we've been doing a lot more video calling, which we've never really done before. And yeah, it, it is definitely a good thing. It's nice to see people's faces. Yeah. But I am glad we're doing the podcasts um, behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really fancy putting myself out there for all to look at. <laughs> yes, lockdown is a funny one that we're still um, plodding through lockdown and who knows how long we're going to be here for. But that's good to know that you weren't as busy on the wards as expected. That mm. is always nice to hear. Um, and I hope really that you have a nice week off because I've no doubt that you enjoy it. And hopefully I'll get to see some loved ones. So do you hope to? Yeah, so um, I hope. I'll tentatively planning to do a, a couple of little drive-bys and sort of a, some socially distant walks and stuff like that. So um, yeah. I haven't really done very much of that at all. Um, so actually, so that will be quite nice to see a few yeah. faces in the flesh, hopefully. Yeah, it's funny how much you start to appreciate these things so much for all the things that we took for granted. Absolutely. You know, we definitely yeah. Like I realised so I've probably not had a hug for over three months, which is a oh. I only realised that today. I was like, oh. <laughs> And virtual hugs aren't quite the same, are yeah, they? It's not quite the same, is it? <laughs> no, not quite the same. No, and that's it. Physical touch, though, it's quite, it's quite powerful, mm-hmm. isn't it? So you do yeah. kind of miss. Oh dear, that Sarah, and, that and I'm singing together, I think, are the two biggies. <laughs> yes, and it, it, I think there's um, something very powerful about singing together, isn't there? And when mm-hmm. I know in church now, the um, last few weeks, it's been lovely seeing the music team really coming together a bit more and absolutely. it's been lovely hasn't it yes absolutely really encouraging they've been doing a top job mm. right Sarah appreciate you coming on and you know the main one of the main reasons for these podcasts are for me personally and selfishly to get to know people's stories and to share them with others as well um, and I've always go on about the part of sort of testimony and people sharing you know how they've come to be a Christian you know I look around in church and I see people I think oh I wonder you know what's your story how you ended up coming along to church and and being part of our church family are you happy to share today maybe how you came to faith Sarah yeah of course yeah um yeah I think it's been interesting because when I look back I think it's taken me probably a long time to come to that point of really appreciating my story um I think I kind of had the sort of classic 
not knowing when that point of real kind of a first point of coming to faith was having grown mm-hmm. up being taught it and modeled the gospel by my family it, it wasn't a question of is this true it just kind of was normal as part of my life um so I think and I used to think oh I wish I had a more you know amazing testimony and story but I think as I've got older I've realized the real value of um, the fact that Jesus has saved me and that is as much of a miracle however it happened um, so I think that's been a helpful thing to kind of um, understand Absolutely. a bit more as I got older um, but I do remember sort of some key moments I think when I was younger so I I still have a very vivid memory of a as a, a kind of young, probably a young teenager being in a youth event and really sort of feeling that conviction that feeling like the speaker was talking about me he was talking about my sin and my heart mm-hmm. um and then and then really experiencing that joy that when I kind of made that step to put myself out there and say, yes, I want this for me, um, really feeling that joy and the impact of that and that kind of um, impact on my relationship with God afterwards as I really kind of felt this a closeness and sort of a, a greater understanding of what it looked like to be um, in a relationship with Jesus, really. So I, I appreciate having those moments to look back on remembering um, kind of some of those experiences, what it felt like to really sort of own my sin and really feel yeah. that joy of knowing that Jesus had dealt with it. Um, so I guess that's my story then has been one much more yeah. of figuring out how do you walk this? What does it look like to do this? Do I want it for my life? Um, rather than kind of first sort of massive transformation, really. Yeah. So were you did you basically were you brought up in it going to church each week and Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah. Family of believers. Yes, that's yeah, that's right. So very thankful for that. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. And I think it is important, isn't it, to reach that point of, you know, deciding for yourself, is this for you? You know, is following Jesus what you want to do? Um, you know, look at my girls growing up in a church and um and you do want that so much for them to make the decision themselves. Yeah. And I think you know, the world offers so many things to them now, so many ways of distracting them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know it always has been tempting, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, you just want them to make that decision for themselves. Really. And which there's is so many times, aren't there, when you, you really doubt, or oh, am I a Christian or, or whatever. So I think it's sort of how you help them sort of n- know that conviction that now I'm trusting Jesus and he's he's rescued me and he's dealt with my sin and, and sort of knowing that that is true for you. And I think that's the challenge a little bit when you grow up through a church and Christian family is sort of feeling confident that I am I am saved he saved me yeah Um, which I think is a sort of different one to figure out but yeah absolutely absolutely so you kind of made your way there yourself and you came to faith and you trusted and believed that this was true and this was how you wanted to live your life so what did that look like for you then as you got older um yeah so I was thinking about this and I was again I guess looking back at the different things that were part of my life that really helped my walk with Jesus and again I'm really thankful for my parents and I think my mum in particular was quite creative and brave really in trying to find opportunities for us as kids and and me I was the youngest and the only girl in the family so I think she kind of tried to oh so am I I have three big brothers (laughs) and we didn't know that what have you got um yeah so I think she kind of Uh, as she's told me a little bit more as I've been older um, about ways that she sort of tried to really help me find my own kind of way and not just live in the shadow of my brothers a little bit Um, but one of the things that we did actually was I think I was about 12 we did a summer team with youth with a mission YWAM um, so kind of 
non-denominational Christian kind of mission organization and we did like a two-week summer team so you had a week of um two or three weeks it was uh, a week of learning um I, I can't even bring myself to say it out loud kind of dances um maybe slightly <laughs> more <laughs> signed choreographed kind of dance like things um my sarah i hope that you're not hiding your light under a bushel in our church <laughs> oh there's... if you are a dancer and you have these skills and we have not seen them well i've not seen them i maybe haven't been at our church long enough to see these skills uh... i hope they're not being hidden no no there is definitely um i mean a lot to hide for sure um but no so and basically you do these performances and then we'd go kind of a bit of go on tour and we'd go to different kind of shopping centers or town centers and streets um and basically perform the proper you know like just a little amp playing out like performing arts yeah, type things sort of. yeah um very much with the you know christian songs kind of thing um and then yeah maybe different people would share their testimonies or little stories um and then they'd basically send us out to go and talk to people in the crowd to say you know wow what did you think have you thought about god and have these kind of evangelistic conversations which when you think at the age that, of 12 yeah. that is pretty impressive sarah it, at the age of 12 yeah, it's a little bit insane um but I really I'm so grateful for those experiences because I think you had like you literally you had to trust God because you were terrified no idea what you were doing um you know they do a little bit of teaching and training with us before but I mean how much really would you have got understood um sort of all kind of this you know the skills to do that but you just basically did it yeah. and I think they was it was so amazing to sort of I think those are the moments you you sort of prayed these big prayers asking God to do stuff and to be at work and to be helping us and then you'd see amazing answers to prayers and I think those times were so valuable and I even went on to do it again <laughs> of my own Brilliant. choice without my mum um, <laughs> uh, and actually I'm totally going to out him but if you didn't know that the same skills that you now know I have Tom Askew also has um, what? as we actually we are going to make this happen <laughs> If people don't know this man, he is also in our church and he is tall and wonderful and we've got to make this happen. Let's get you and Tom. We've got we've got to do something. I really hope I'm going to get his wife to listen to this and then I'm going to encourage her to encourage him to not also hide his eye under a bushel. And these things need to be shown. You've just said how much you saw God answered prayer through this there. I really think that we could be on to something here. But actually, I guess I know that what you're saying about answered prayers, much, much later. So when I first went to university um, and arrived in my halls of residence, um, there, I didn't see any the, the person that was leading the small group in our halls of residence wasn't back yet. So there were no kind of posters up about the Christian unions. And I was convinced there were no Christians at, at Liverpool Uni. Um, and, you know, that was it. And it was going to be really hard and terrible. And then the first the first kind of person that I met in my halls um, when there was a little kind of meetup for the for the Christian Union was actually Tom Askew. Um, so oh, wow. we, I'd never really? met him. You know, we, we just were on a summer team together years and yet, well, I think we were 14 at that point. Um, and wow. then just really felt like it was just one of those little blessings from the Lord when it, I, yeah. face, and we suddenly both realised, hang on, I, I know you from somewhere. And we figured out it was from our Y1 days as teenagers. Um, so another way I think it just felt like the Lord has really kind of just been walking with me through life and um, being grateful yeah. for those little moments of kindness. Yeah. work. Brilliant. And he's obviously led you um, to Liverpool and you've stayed here, but then you've also done amazing things. You know, tell us a bit about um, Mercy Ships, if anyone hasn't heard of Mercy Ships in West Africa. What, you know, how did you come about? 
going there for um, eight months. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's quite a while ago now, so just over 10 years ago I went now, but still feels like quite a big part of my life. Um, it was interesting, actually, because I'd all part of the reason I went into nursing was because I was thinking in the back of my mind about doing overseas mission and that might be a useful skill and so kind of part in my indecision of what do I want to do with my life and um, thought that might be something good to do um so I'd always thought oh one day I'll you know I'll be overseas I'll be a missionary and that's when I'll be a proper Christian um and I realized um after uni when I was working in the hospital I needed to stop thinking about this one day when I was going to be a you know I'll be a good Christian I'll be a proper Christian then um and I realized no I just needed to focus on living this life well now and living for the Lord and kind of being all in so I kind of carried on then and sort of forgot about this sort of thing in the back of my mind that I might go and work Mm -hmm. overseas at some point and just got stuck in where I was which was helpful but at the same point kind of got a bit comfortable um and it was actually when a friend was going to work with mercy ships and I suddenly realized hang on that was what I wanted to do um and then I went maybe I should do it and so I just applied and went um but also in the back of my mind thinking actually if I am going to kind of test out a little bit the waters of what's mission like um kind of health working in healthcare and overseas this might be an easy way to do it because it's set up it's well organized I can just turn up and get involved um without too much planning on my part as a little way of testing the waters so that was kind of why I, I did it um, yes. because yeah. I'd, I'd always wanted to and so I thought actually why not um yeah why not go for it and do it wow. um yeah so yeah so basically so these mercy ships then yeah, yeah go on so, so they, they they dock it somewhere in Africa do they do they just do Africa yeah, or do they so go basically all over the world? this they have done I think some of the places in the past but generally they just work along the west coast of Africa so we'll kind of dock okay. in one country for kind of 10 months um and serve there do kind of that season of um, surgeries and operations for people who can't afford it or haven't got access to it um, and then they'd come back do a bit of repairs and then they'd move on to another country and stay there for another te- you know 10 six ten months something like that um, so they, it's yeah. basically just like working it's kind of once it's docked it functions a bit like a hospital patients come on board for their okay. surgeries and then obviously when they're well enough then they they come up go off and go home um, so, yeah yeah so did you enjoy did you enjoy working on the mercy ship I did yeah I mean it's it's something like nothing else really because you're living on this big boat (laughs) or we always get told off we called it a boat had to call it a ship um with people from all (laughs) over the world lots of people aren't healthcare professionals so they might be there working in the canteen the kitchen um hospitality it um and so in lots of ways life just felt quite normal you had air conditioning um you had the internet um you could watch movies in the evening you know that kind of thing um but then you'd come yes. down into the hospital for your shift and remember oh no hang on we are we're here we're in africa and um, we're serving some people who for many of them without these services would die at some point um because of the nature of what they had wrong with them so you know a lot of what they were doing was life-saving and life-changing um so it was an amazing wow, privilege brilliant. to be part of yeah absolutely um, and I'm really yeah really thankful for that experience um of being able to do that and, and just met some wonderful people and some um you know there were lots of children on board because there lots of did lots of like cleft lips and cleft palate surgeries and orthopedic okay. surgeries so the children were really fun um it was very chaotic and very much not like what would be happening at home <laughs> in the hospital but really? um but you just sort of all bumped in. so it was a brain experience and it did sort of you were glad you went, you learned a lot. What about um, your faith and things there was, you know, what did it make you think? Did it make you think, uh, I do want to come out here and live in Africa or 
go overseas and serve or what what, yeah. to, what did it lead up to so well yeah so it was it was interesting I I loved I loved the experience and um it was amazing and I met some amazing people um but I also was sort of growing a conviction that um the healthcare is so important and what they these people were getting was so important and valuable but I was just aware that they were going to get sick again and at some point they were going to die um and if they didn't know Jesus then that would going to that was going to be a real disaster um and so so there were opportunities evangelistic opportunities on board and things like that so that was part of what was going on but I think I felt for me I didn't want to go and work as a nurse and that be my main focus um, I wanted to yeah. be helping people hear the gospel and helping people um, meet Jesus. Um, so as I came home, I kind of was had this growing conviction. It wasn't particularly my nursing skills that I wanted to develop to be able to use. I wanted to, um, I wanted to be involved some way in sharing the gospel with people. Um, and also, I felt like actually there's there's a lot of people that don't know Jesus here as well. Um, as well, obviously, you know, that's yeah. the same everywhere, but. So just kind of slight change that I didn't really see coming. And that's when I then ended up um, working with the Christian unions and getting involved with the the CU movement um, and doing that there to kind of test the waters, I suppose, in a slightly different direction and hopefully develop my own, my skills with evangelism and sharing the gospel and kind of exposing myself a little bit more to that. One of the things, Sarah, that we talked about before this um, went live, which just um, struck me, was when I asked you before, did you have a real heart for students in particular? You know, your answer surprised me a little bit, you you know, (laughs) not in a bad way, but just it's just interesting. Do you want to share how you sort of ended up doing UCC? Yeah, well, it's funny because I always said I'd never do it. Um, so that comes uh-huh. with a warning be careful what you tell the Lord you won't do because um, you might have yes. other ideas um, but yeah so so it was after I'd come back from mischief so I was back working full-time in the hospital um, and I actually got a letter from UCCF which when I read it at the time I read it as there was a, there was a, developing a new post in the city so going from one staff worker to two and, and making some changes um, and I thought they were inviting people to consider thinking about applying for the job. And that's how I read the letter. And for the first time, I thought, oh, maybe rather than, oh, no way. Um, and then just after that, um, good friend and church leader, Andrew, then said to me, I think you should apply as well. And so for me, that was the kind of the connection of going, OK, I think I will. I think this is something the Lord's nudging me into but it wasn't until afterwards I went back and read the letter I must have come across it and I realized they were actually just trying to raise money and they were just asking me for money <laughs> and they weren't asking me to consider the, the post at all so that's brilliant um, so yeah I, I really God felt just Lord, help you to see that yeah absolutely yes <laughs> he was working in mysterious <laughs> brilliant. but you've no regret she did that for seven years so it must have been fruitful in some ways was it yeah so it's interesting I kind of went in for three and ended up staying a little bit longer than I anticipated so yeah it was I was challenging and hard and I felt out of my comfort zone all of the time and I felt out of my skill set all of the time but I went in I think because I went in with this conviction that I really feel like God wants me to do this and that doesn't always that doesn't happen to me super often I often just kind of bumble my way through life and look back and think oh yeah I can see how God's been at work but I really felt like he was leading me in this way and I think for me that conviction really helped me because particularly my first year on staff was really tough lots of things um were going on that were just really difficult and hard and I felt 
you know, underqualified to manage it. But I just had this underlying sense that I know that God's with me and I I am confident yeah. that he's brought me and he wouldn't have brought me at this time if he didn't want me to be here. So that really helped me just to keep trusting him, to have a sense of a kind of underlying confidence that in some senses it was going to be okay. It might not mean everything comes comes out smelling of roses, but I knew that the Lord was with me yeah. and I was willing to put my money on him not on me um and really just kind of trust him to do it and um and then you know I guess as I look back I did end up doing it for quite a long time and there's been some real blessings and encouragements plenty of challenges and really hard things but I am really grateful for the experience um and it, and I, I think you actually your question was wasn't it what did I have a particular heart for students for me I think it wasn't I didn't go in thinking oh yes student work um it I guess our church family had been very much a lot of our church leaders had either been involved with UCCF in some way as staff workers or relay workers so it was kind of a very normal part of our life but it was much more kind of yeah. I just felt that the Lord was leading me into this and if there's an opportunity to experience more of God at work then that would be brilliant and here's an opportunity um, and it's with students and we'll kind of hope that he trains me up on the way um, so it was kind of a bit of a learn on the job situation rather than going in yeah in, this is kind of but you know yeah, but I, I love, I really like hearing this because I find it really encouraging because you're not really saying, oh, yes, I really wanted to do that. And I applied, you know, you were very much almost saying it's not something I want to do, but it came up. It was possible, <laughs> you know, I applied and I got it and I felt God's hand helping me and guiding me. And I think, you know, that's interesting, isn't it, too, because often we sort of follow our own like heart's desires on things. You know, what do we want to do? What do you know? And yet I feel like when you're talking about these things, it's more of, you know, you were there saying, I'm here if um, whatever comes my way and this came your way and you stepped into that and then God honoured that. Mm. And he obviously led you through it and helped you with all of the things that you didn't feel that you could. If somebody had told you beforehand, oh, yes, take this job and it's going to be full of these hard things that you're going to have to deal with as a leader. You know, you probably would have ran the other direction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yet... <laughs> Yeah, but yet going through it, God really helped you with every um, step of the way. And I think sometimes people want to know what's in the future, don't they? You know, what's got, where are we meant to be, where are we going to go? But I think we do have to just trust, don't we, that we make decisions and God will lead us and he will help us um, through all the path that we, you know, that we walk. He's there next to us and he will help us. Yeah, um, And that just fascinates me a bit because usually... Um, people are like oh I was really interested in this or passionate you know going off to the mercy ship you know I can see you you know you felt you wanted to be a nurse but again when you mentioned being a nurse you didn't say oh yeah I always wanted to be a nurse you just kind of said I thought that would be a good way that I could ser serve God through being a nurse is that is that true am I, yeah, am I right in so, saying yeah that? I'm assuming actually as I kind of think back how I um ended up and I think one of the experiences I had when I was younger was that I ended up in hospital for a few days um I well growing up with two brothers you end up getting a little bit <laughs> roughed up at times and ended up in hospital yep. with a concussion um wow. and I think... <laughs> impressive we'll leave that story for another day but that definitely sounds like it's one worth hearing um but I think I, th I remember my parents saying that I came out kind of after that sort of talking about being a nurse and things like that so I think there were kind of other experiences as well that helped in that direction but um, yeah yeah so you are still nursing now. So you did that for seven years. You're still nursing now. And you're also still involved um, at, ch at church. You volunteer, don't you, two days a week? Yeah, that's right. 
yeah yeah I guess we had a growing kind of our when our church started we obviously had lots of kind of recent graduates lots of professionals kind of that sort of age and then as we've grown over the last kind of I don't know how 15 16 years um obviously the children have grown and multiplied and and now we actually have a really lovely size um youth group which is brilliant um so it's just kind of as we've evolved as a church we've kind of rolled with it really I suppose and seen where the need was and so um being able to serve our young people and make sure that they feel valued and part of our church family um I've kind of been involved in that since that's kind of become a thing really and again Sarah you're really good at this and you are you come across as very natural and when I speak to other parents in the church with young children they are always so appreciative of how much you invest in those children and you know the time you do quite meaningful things for them you know you you lead that so well and then I'm just you know I want to ask the question but I think I know the answer you know is your passion for youth you know is that where you're passionate for but I think you're going to say no to that too (laughs) aren't you? Um, yeah it's you know it's funny because I feel like I'm the kind of person I don't really I've never really quite known what I was supposed to be doing um and I think I've come and to yet you seem to be doing everything more. that you should yeah and I think you just sort of slot in where there's um where there's opportunities and need and I guess I've always loved originally I guess I loved working with kids and um just because you can get to you know be silly really and they they quite like that and so um but then as they've kind of grown into then into young people and um it's an amazing privilege to talk to people about Jesus and to help them see him and grow him so I just feel really privileged to be at these points with some of our young people and see them understanding and see them growing and see them loving Jesus and most of that is because of the wonderful things their parents and their families are teaching them um and we just kind of get to be part of that and so I just feel really privileged that it's not because again I don't think I'm particularly gifted and skilled I just feel like I want to see God at work and um oh Sarah I just love your humility I love it because I'm not gifted with youth and I, I know that, that children reach a certain age and I, I struggle. I don't know how to talk to them. I, I, tr- I think, am I being cool? Am I trying too hard? <laughs> oh, and I remember when I led a TV years ago um, of young people and I just remember being there and probably similar to what you said in some sense. I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I can't do this. And yet I did do it and God did help me and I, and I did model my way <laughs> through it. But I came away thinking, oh, I'm, I, that's not my age group, you know. <laughs> teenagers young people you know we're going to have one in our house very soon that I'm going to have to like learn how to deal with these things and yet you say you're not gifted in that but God has obviously led you into that you've obviously more gifted than you realize I think you're just incredibly humble about that Sarah which I just you know I really I love that about you that you are so humble in that because I'm sure if you speak to any of the youth in our church and their parents you know they will look to you as someone who is very gifted with their children and able to speak with them and talk with them about things I I just after this you're gonna we're gonna have to have our own little (laughs) chat and you're gonna have to take me to the side and you're gonna have to share all your secrets that you you think you don't have but you obviously do (laughs) (laughs) oh no but it, it is it's just lovely you know great you know you're doing a fab job there really really good so you're working with our youth in the church and um I have to ask, you know, what, what are your passions? I think I know what's coming through, but, you know, what, what do you see as your passion? What do you get excited about? Um, yeah, I feel like it's probably just, I'm going to be like a broken record, aren't I? Um, what's, what I was thinking about know. this, I, I did write down a kind of a couple of different things as I sort of started to think about it. It sort of started to come out a little bit more. But one of the things I am passionate about is 
just being a normal person who's a Christian. I think sometimes we can so kind of aspire to be someone that we're not or aspire to be like someone else um, or feel like, and I just think I just kind of want to just do the things I do. And I think one of the things I love is the title of your podcast when I was kind of reading it and it just said, um, real life stories of ordinary women who have an extraordinary God. And I think that's what I want my life to say is that I'm, nobody special I'm just I mean special because I'm created and made in God's image but about me myself I'm just a regular person who is trusting and following Jesus and um one of the things I think when I was with working with Christian unions with UCCF I felt so out of my depth all of the time but I actually really came to appreciate the fact that what I'd love for my students to sort of see and to understand is not to look at me and think I could never be like that aren't they so amazing but if they looked at me and thought I could do that, I just think, isn't that amazing? I just wanted to be a kind of normal person who loved Jesus and was willing to kind of put themselves out there and show what it looked like to trust God rather than trying to be some superstar shiny person that nobody else thought they could live up to. And I guess that's kind yeah. of, I think probably how I've gone about living my life is just, I want to be con- committed to being just a regular person that loves Jesus. Um, and kind of do everything out of that so I guess a bit like with church I don't I've not wanted to be kind of on a sort of paid member of staff and not because I'm in any way knocking that but I just wanted to sort of I suppose model something that if I can live my life in a way that is using for me the time and the finances that I have that enable me to be a bit freer um, to not need to work five days a week and kind of all the hours I need to and to just sort of use my time to serve the church just as a regular person then I'd love to kind of be able to model that that's something that we can all do in our own different ways and what does that look like for everyone to do that so I think I'm passionate about just being normal (laughs) well I think through being normal you know you massively bless others and you know, I know I've mentioned a few times I'm the broker record saying that I've watched you from afar but when I do um when I've always looked at you, I've always seen, um, um, I, 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 it sounds silly what I'm going to say, but I've, every time I see you, Sarah, I always I sort of con- see contentedness in your life and I see contentedness in your expressions and um, and and a deep joy there too, sort of. Uh, I don't know, you, you do seem to just walk around with a bit of a natural smile on your face, which is lovely, you know. And I think that's why I was so desperate to sort of get you on to interview you because I wanted to hear, you know, all the things that you're saying. This is just lovely to listen to and scratch beneath the surface because I think, you know, you're obviously just going through life. You you claim to be like completely normal. And yet this peace that you have with that, that contentedness, you know, that comes from God, doesn't it? That's that's who's given you that peace and that joy in your life. Um, you know, you're living on your own at the minute, aren't you? Do you do you flat share are you on your uh, own? Yes, yeah, so I have yeah, I have a housemate, but um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you're not on your own. I thought I thought you lived on your own. There you go. So um, yeah. But even just going through life, living well, modeling that to others, like there's such value in that, isn't there? Really. Well, I hope so. I think like just yeah, that's that's the prayer. So, um, I think sometimes obviously we do things, <laughs> I have plenty of wobbles and challenges and sort of doubting myself and things like that. But I think it is that underlying, um, just always coming back to the fact that God, we do serve an amazing God and if we're saying who he is, then I'm going to try and put my money where my mouth is and trust him 
um, and that means trusting him with my weaknesses and my flaws and my sin and um, all of that stuff and not letting that hold me back but just sort of get on with doing what I can do and serving um, because of how good he is rather than how good I am. Brilliant, brilliant. What, what, did you say there was something else in your list um, that you're passionate oh, about? Well, yeah, I guess, I guess the other thing, it's one of those things that I've always been kind of loath to talk about because I just didn't ever want to be that person. But actually, I am um, passionate about doing singleness well as well. Um, I never kind of really yeah. wanted to be labelled or whatever. But actually, I just think, um, again, sort of just being a normal person who is single um, and knowing that my value and my worth is as equal as somebody who isn't single um and kind of modeling what that looks Absolutely. like I guess I've walked with friends yeah. over the years who have really struggled with being single um and I've had opportunities mm. where I've been able to speak into somebody's situation more kind of powerfully I suppose because I was single whereas if I was married I think they probably would have found it harder to hear um so I've been I've learned to be grateful actually that the position I'm in has meant I've been able to support others well and um so I suppose wanting to help where where people are struggling and you know that's me sometimes as well um but to kind of show what it looks like to to just know that um our status whether we're single or married doesn't affect our value and our worth and um actually we're all yeah. looking forward to that day aren't we when we're going to enjoy that um wedding celebration with jesus and so actually i just want to kind of crack yeah. on and do life the best that i can now um and try not to spend too much you know kind of time i suppose worrying about that um but doing the best that i can do brilliant. with the life that i have brilliant we all need to live well don't we the life that we've got yeah. thankful to Jesus for it all, absolutely. Oh, Sarah, I've loved chatting to you today. I really appreciate this. I keep saying that, don't I? I have. This is what I say about these podcasts. Sometimes I think, why am I doing these podcasts? Because I'm such a blatherer. <laughs> I just come out with all these things. I keep repeating myself. Then my husband listens to it, and then he says, "Oh, stop saying that word. Stop saying that word." And I think, no, oh, I can't help I think it. You're so. the most encouraging <laughs> podcast host that I've ever. Well, not that I've ever come across one before, but. <laughs> Yeah, since, since you're comparing me to nobody else I'll take it <laughs> all right well we're nearly at the end now so we've got five questions that I'm, I've asked everybody who comes on and I'm always just a little bit of fun number one who has inspired you um other than Jesus obviously <laughs> uh well I, this is cheeky I wrote down two but they're supposed to be quick fire questions aren't they so um my favorite author is Corrie ten Boom um from you know her yeah. autobiography biography autobiography yeah. um just her story of trusting the lord um and I, th I feel like she would be someone who probably would have called herself just a kind of regular person no one special but then totally Brilliant. like trusting the lord in an amazing way so if you haven't read her book then please do because it's amazing um and the other person been rebecca manley pippet um with ucf yes. was part of the first kind of launch of uncover these kind of seeker bible studies challenging yes. you to sit yes. down with a friend and open the bible and i think that was just incredible to kind of walk that journey um and be part of that and seeing that challenge of Brilliant. um kind of doing that and giving it a go and amazing to see people just fall in love with jesus as they found met him in the gospels and i think that was a really foundational kind of experiences brilliant she wrote out of the salt salt um out of yes. the salt shelter she actually just <laughs> can't speak one she did come out called stay salt not sure how i feel oh time, have you read um, it i have just started it so <laughs> And are you recommending it? This uh, yes. 
I mean, she's great because she you has have lots to say of, that. Um, she's very, she's a wonderful storyteller, which is probably why I also like her a lot. Um, I'm not a great reader, um, but I do. So she has lots of stories in there as well as kind of just really helpful thoughts about evangelism and doing Definitely. it. Um, so she's kind of a really easy read in that sense, so, really helpful. Have you been to some of her live things? I remember she came to Bridge years ago. Yeah, have you been, so we'll have be you set, seen her we live? Set, we were kind of organising a lot of training events with her. So um, she actually came wow. to our house for dinner um, before. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so there you that go. is Best pretty dude. impressive. Not many people can say that. Not many people can say that. <laughs> Love that. Right, question two. Uh, at the minute, or it doesn't have to be at the minute, but what's your favourite song or hymn that you like to listen um, to? Uh, so well I actually just I love the one we sang on Sunday morning um, I don't actually know what the title is the first line is how great the chasm and then it's the chorus is hallelujah oh, yes. praise the one who set me free um, I just think that's yes. a great thing when we're all it's back them, together and can sing together that'll be a great one to sing out together yes love that one brilliant favorite place to be um, or do again you like to go? I not very specific I just kind of put chilling somewhere with friends um, but if it happened to be on a snowy mountain then that'd be brilliant snowy mountain because you went skiing didn't you this year wasn't uh, it this year? yes it was yeah just got it in in time before lockdown which is amazing having not been yes. for a very long time so I was a bit nervous but it was a lot of fun <sighs> fab brilliant okay one thing that you would struggle to live without um I I just couldn't think of anything else as in I, I couldn't avoid putting this down and I just put chocolate um had a really awkward thing that chocolate. I was too organized before um, Easter and when they were doing the sales I actually bought 18 Easter eggs for our youth, for our youth group sorry 18, 18. or 18 well, uh, one eight, or eight, 18 Easter eight. eggs um, but then obviously everything <laughs> shut down so I've been sat at home with 18 Easter eggs just slowly working <gasps> my way how many are left <laughs> <laughs> don't tell us how many are left that, I think well, you should keep you know, that I, as your own little secret prizes for some of our uh, youth competitions so <laughs> oh that's great brilliant and the last question there having had three daughters in my house I'm always keen to glean wisdom can you share one little nugget of advice uh, for them the next generation coming through yeah, I wish I had something super brilliant and slick but I've just recently been started reading um a book with a couple of other people called worthy celebrating the value of women um and again it's one of those things that I've not really thought about very much before which I always felt a bit guilty about but this book has got me totally hooked just from the introduction in the first chapter and it really talks about the value of being made in the image of God that kind of intrinsic value that we're created with um, and they use an example of um, the author talk about the antiques roadshow um, and kind of just how you see that where something goes from being thought it was to be totally worthless but once they kind of discover the artist, the signature, who it was by, it changes everything. And it suddenly goes from being worthless yeah. to totally cherished and priceless um, because of who the artist yeah. is. Um, and I just kind of loved that analogy of our value is intrinsically tied to the one who created us. So male and female, we're made in his image. And I just thought if your girls grew up kind of understanding that, how much worth and value yeah, they had because absolutely. of who has made them. Yeah. Wouldn't that be just a brilliant yeah. foundation for anything that they might Absolutely. Amen to that. Brilliant, Sarah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I really love your wisdom that you've shared and that I hope someday they'll sit and have a listen to these and take it all in because 
it's just lovely being talking to you. As I say, I have had a long day. <laughs> have I mentioned it already? It has been quite um, just mentally draining today. But um, but this is just, I feel really refreshed after listening to you. I can't wait to go and let Forbes hear what you've said. I know I do. I'm terrible. I always make him listen to it as well. Um, and he's enjoying them. He oh, loves okay. it too. So he, it is mostly his fault that I'm doing this, to be honest, because he's the one who keeps sort of encouraging me with it. You know, he keeps asking, who are you interviewing now? Who have you got your next ones lined up? I'm like, all right, yeah, all well, right. I think it's brilliant, Jeanette, because um, I just think we we need to just, because I think so often we just think we haven't got anything to say um, and we, we're very quick to put yeah. ourselves down. When, when But actually, yeah. it's just we just need to hear the normal stuff, don't we? And and yeah, it's praise Absolutely. God for what he's been doing in our lives and whether or not we think that's special or not. Um, actually, you just don't know how you'll connect with somebody else who's maybe needing to hear that encouragement and reminder. So thank you for all the hard work you're doing. And putting these, um, no, honestly, I, I have the easy part. I get to just <laughs> listen to all these great answers and hear and what God's doing. And, you know, thanks so much, Sarah. And I just want to say to anyone who's listening, you know, I really hope that this has been helpful, useful, something for you today that will help you draw closer to God and just to know that you are cherished and loved and that he um, has done so much for you and he just wants you to live in his under his grace and that love throughout your life and that even if you're not quite sure what your skills are what you're what you're good at even though I know Sarah is good at lots of things she's so humble about that and you know maybe you are struggling with oh what am I meant to do what am I meant to say but just keep seeking him and he will guide you and he will bring opportunities your way and you know he will help you and he helps me and he helps Sarah through so many different situations and for that I'm eternally grateful and I would just also add that if you have been encouraged and maybe you've got some friends that you'd like to share this with, um, I'd really appreciate you sharing them with any of your friends or people that you know, um, because I'm not really advertising it on Facebook or Instagram. I am just sort of texting around a few people and if it's um, been helpful and I'm asking them to share with other people. So I would really appreciate that. Feel free to share. As I'm doing a few more, I'm getting slightly more confident with that. At the start, um, I'll be honest, I did the first one, Sarah, and I think I waited about 10 days. And then Anna messaged me going, well, you know, um, have people, have you had much feedback? And I was like, I haven't told anybody. <laughs> I haven't actually shared it. And I think she was like, no, come on, Jeanette, just message a few friends, start sharing it, um, which really made me tickle. But so, um, and I've got a few more lined up this week, more lovely people to talk to. And I'm looking forward to that. So, Sarah, thanks again. Have a good ha- Thank week. Thank you very off. much. Hopefully, the sun will come back and it'll yes, be okay. <laughs> oh, yes, that would be lovely. I think it is meant to get nice the weekend. So, that's good. And thanks to everybody listening. And just to say, I always like to mention that in our church, Christchurch Liverpool, we are um, doing Christianity Explored. If anybody's listening who would like to find out more, get in touch with me or get in church online um, for Christchurch Liverpool. Really informal, they're doing it over Zoom. You get a chance to sort of ask questions from the comfort of your home or just listen to other people's views and thoughts um, about Christianity and about Jesus and about some of the things that we've spoken about today. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.